With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You give me one shot here on a blue chip stock, and believe me, Kevin, the only problem you're going to have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What the fuck is good, NBA draft fans? Your boys are back. The Wolves of Ball Street. The motherfucking Draft Act. NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Corey Tulliba. Uh, I am your host of the podcast. Alongside my co-host, Garbage Time, Albert Gim. Albert, what's going on, man? <laughs> Guys, I, I hope all our listeners understand that was the most aggressive entrance ever um, from from Corey. But there's a reason. I, I can already feel it. We haven't talked about it pre-recording, but I know for a fact that this is going to be a huge episode for Corey because I know he loves uh, Jaden Hardy. So if that intro was like a precursor to anything, just buckle up, guys, because uh, I can tell Corey's going to come in hot today. <laughs> you know what? I It's a lot of things. I'm coming in hot. I This past weekend, I got to go back out on the road with my guys in patent pending who I spent – you know, uh, like almost a decade on a decade on the uh, working for on the road as uh, their designer and, and guy who ran their merchandise, and they played a festival in Pittsburgh. Uh, truly terrible city. So I I apologize to anybody listening um, from Pittsburgh. Uh, the AAA ballpark that the festival was at was great, and uh, you have one of my favorite eateries in BD's Mongolian Grills. But the the, the city itself not the best. It's not the best city. It's not my favorite uh, at the very least. But the rock show was amazing to be at. So I'm hyped on that. Uh, it's been two weeks since we did a pod. You were you were feeling a little bit under the weather last uh, last week. So I'm just excited to be right. back and, and talking hoops, man. No, I mean we had a little bit of a COVID scare at work. Uh, so that's why we took a little break, but um, all is good. We all tested negative, so it's good to be back, man. Yeah, and uh, let's just get right into it, man. Uh, I I know Albert um, alluded to it a, a little bit, but we're touching on Jaden Hardy um, today for, for today's episode, and uh, I got a hard-on for Hardy right now, man. <laughs> it's <laughs> simple, <laughs> simple as that. The, the kid... Uh, the kid tickles my fancy. I just, I, I watching him, um, you know, sometimes you, uh, you just get that feeling, you know what I mean? Um, and, and I got that watching him. Um, Mm -hmm. so let's, uh, let's just, let's just start this, this thing off, man. Um, Jaden Hardy is a shooting guard headed to the G league ignite program. This is where Jonathan Kaminga and Jalen green played last season. He's 19 years old. 6'4", 190, could not find a wingspan. Um, He was the Gatorade Player of the Year for 2020 in Nevada. 30.4 points per game, 9.1 rebounds, 8.4 assists. His shooting splits, I could not find. But I just, I love that number, 30 30 points per game. That's Mm -hmm. a baller number at whatever level you you score that at. Uh, Let's get into some stock prices. Uh, Preseason. 
ESPN has Jaden Hardy at number three behind Paolo Boncaro and Chet Holmgren. Uh, SB Nation has him at nine. A little bit of an outlier there. Tankathon has him at three. Bleacher Report has him at three. Uh, myself, Corey Tulliba of the Draft Act Podcast, has him at one, Albert. Damn it. That's an average stock price of 3.8. Because um, I'm going to throw mine mine in there. Because I'm firm on that right now. Even yeah. though you know there's a hell of a lot of film to watch. But these are preseason rankings. So I'm going all in. Uh, I ask this of you. Because we haven't really talked about Hardy much together, which is good because we're saving it for the pod. Is Jaden Hardy stock priced too high, too low, or is it just right? You see, I, I'm already upset just because I was really hoping to beat you to the punch and say that he was my number one guy. Because I already knew that he was your number one guy, but I wanted to beat <laughs> you to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, his stock price is way too low for me. Um, I'm at a point right now where what I wrote in my notes is he's my number one guy heading into the season. And I think it's going to be really, really hard to change my mind um, is how I feel right now. Um, So, yeah, I think it's too low because when I look at guys like I mean, just from what I've seen so far, of course, like we're watching a lot of like freaking high school club AAU stuff. And so, I mean, obviously, our 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 evaluations are going to change over time. But as as of right now, heading into the season, Hardy's my number one guy, and um, Holmgren has kind of fallen off a little bit for me. But anyway, uh, Hardy, too low for me. I have him number one. We'll talk about Chet fairly soon on one of these episodes before the college season starts. Um, I agree, man. It's it, I think that he should be the number one prospect going into the year. I get it with Chet. I get it with Boncaro. Um, but to me, like Hardy is just the, uh, a an absolute sure thing, no brainer. Like I, this dude has a legit shot to lead the NBA in scoring at some point. Right. Um, you know, it's like the talent was overwhelming, and I think that like there are question marks with Chet and Paolo that I don't have with Jaden Hardy, and mm-hmm. we'll get into and not to say he is a flawless player. I'm not saying that. I just have, uh, he's just like a natural basketball player. Whereas like Paolo Boncaro like has all of these super slick skills, but like sometimes there's just something a little off. Chet, obviously like what the hell is the body going to happen? I wrote a long article on like, what is he exactly? You know, our friend uh, Tyler Rucker from Backcourt Violation and uh, soon to be a new collaborative project between, um, us three and a few more friends. He, he, you know, has mentioned that like maybe Chet is a, a small forward, uh, you know, kind of like Durant. And like, I can't, I can't back that. I love the question. Mm-hmm. I love asking fun questions like that. And I get it. Um, but I'd be shocked if that were the case. I just, I know what Jaden Hardy is and I know the direction of the league and I know how easy it's going to be for him to get buckets. I'm going to, you know, like before we get into like what he's, good at what he's not good at like i kind of feel more confident in hardy than i did in jalen green when watching their high school film now i'm just comparing Mm -hmm. their high school film and i was super high on jalen green in high school uh i i I thought he played phenomenal in the fiba uh u19s like i thought he was the real deal 
I loved how he was able to play in a supportive role with the the USA team. And then like kind of as that dominant scoring threat, his athleticism, all that Hardy doesn't have the athleticism, but just watching him, there was so much. Wow. So many times that I was just like, that's the dumbest. Like, and he just mm-hmm. kept doing things. I go, Oh my God, that's stupid. How does he keep doing it? But let's, let's get into it. Uh, I mean, if you put on the highlights, you'll see it starts with, with the shooting, right? Like this is what Jaden Hardy is. Mm-hmm. He's a sniper. Uh, talk to me a little bit about his shooting. Um, I mean, first thing in my notes, parking lot range. Oh, yeah. um, classic like guy who can just get it up from anywhere. Um, ugh, man, I, I don't like that thing. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> Lots of dick jokes on that. I mean, yeah, I know, this, that's Jesus. the second dick joke we've had on this. In, <laughs> we're eight minutes into the episode. Yeah. Um, I, but, I mean, it's the truth. He really can shoot it from anywhere. Like the range is unbelievable. Um, something that I did want to say about the shot. It, it's a weird, weird thing for me where I, I thought like, Sometimes the shot looks easy and sometimes it looks really hard, um, mm. if that makes sense. And I, and I think part of it is like the leg kick. Part of it is like, I don't know, maybe he really just like it seemed like he was constantly battling himself in terms of like how how deep is too deep for me in terms <laughs> of the shooting. Like it felt like he was like, can I shoot this far? Let me try it. Should I not shoot this far? Let me get a little closer. Like it felt like he was doing that. Um but I, it's unbelievable. Like the shot does look beautiful. I, I really like the mechanics on it. Um, now I'm not some like shooting doctor, but y- you know, like just from my own eye test, like I think it looks good. I think it looks pretty compact. Um, it looks repeatable. It looks fluid. It doesn't look robotic or janky at all. Like I really do like the jump shot. Um, so I, I guess like my initial thing on the shooting is like I, I love it. I love the range. I love the confidence. I love the volume and even when he's taking wild shots, it doesn't feel like a wild shot because he really does have that type of range. Like, like, you know, in the same way when Dame takes a shot a foot inside the half court line, it's like, that's not a crazy shot for him. That's a Dame shot. And that's kind of how I, I felt watching Hardy. I, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. His like Dame is the name that I'm definitely going to mention again later at, at another point in the podcast, but uh, the, the kids today, man, the range that they could shoot, like it's unbelievable and Hardy and Hardy is a definitely an exception uh, in that his range is even I it's hard in an audio format. If you haven't watched Jaden Hardy to really get through how absurd some of these shots are in where he's pulling them up from on the regular, you know, like obviously this trend started. It feels like obviously Steph, pushed the game forward and then like it felt like at chino hills the ball brothers and the ranges that they were shooting from just kind of gave us an an entirely new world of what shooting could be at lower levels uh obviously in the nba dame has taken the the range to you know logo lillard we, we call him that for a reason but i i distinctly remember i feel like the the ball brothers were shooting from these absurd distances first uh, yeah, I, I think the ringer did an article like it, I, if, I think maybe like around when they launched mm-hmm. that this is when like the balls were still kind of on the DL, mm-hmm. um, from, for a national audience, like Lonzo was still there. I think maybe he was like even going into his, his senior year. And it was just like highlighting how ridiculous 
some of the the shots that these guys were taking were from the distance. And then like LaMelo did the the point at the half court line and pull up. And then it felt like all bets were off. And Jaden Hardy now is legitimately multiple times a game is the thing. It's like multiple times a game, hand in his face, no hand in his face. He's putting it up from wherever. And it's like not a bad shot or, or not, not an unmakeable shot, I should say, right, because right. I think that sometimes his shot selection is questionable, <laughs> right? And uh, that stuff is to say, uh, but a lot of times with these kids that are in the, the high school AAU age range, a lot of these kids take questionable shots. But this range, like, I'm trying to think, like, is there a possibility that the range that he's shooting from just inside basically half court. Does he expand his range in his career? Like, is that even, is that going to be possible? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, for sure. Like it, it might be a thing where like, you know, instead of getting the ball over uh, before eight seconds, he just shoots it uh, before getting the ball over. So <laughs> maybe that's, maybe that's like a new meta in, in basketball or something. Right. That, that would be in, insane. And right now anything's possible. And if that, were to happen i'd be like all right i guess <laughs> it's it's believable at this point but one of the things i really like about his jump shot and his form is it's more of like a classic form hmm. than kind of like all the shooters who grow up trying to emulate steph it's it's less of that push shot and more um of a, a just a, a traditional jumper there's a little bit of that that kind of one motion shooting it's mm-hmm. very smooth but he releases it high. He gets that high arc. Uh, it doesn't feel like Tyrese Maxey doesn't shoot it high enough. Right, right. You know, um, uh, trying to think of some some other guys, off, even quickly sometimes mm-hmm. has mm-hmm. that, right? His shot feels more traditional in, in where he's actually releasing it from. Um, but it's pretty, man. It's pretty. And his shot making it's every level. Like we talked about the far, but he can come off screens right at the line and he can get into the mid range and hit like ridiculously hard contested off balance mid range shots. I think that he's every bit the shot maker that Jalen green is. And I think Mm. because he's a better shooter, he's a better shot maker. Correct. Yeah. At least at the high school level. I mean, look what Jalen green did at the G league was incredibly impressive and it's going to be really fun to see if Hardy can match that. What Jalen Green did at Summer League was also unbelievably impressive. And his shot making has it just keeps progressing and trending up in the right direction. So uh, I, I don't want to put the expectation that he's going to come out and, and match that with Jalen Green. But I he has every bit of that potential as a shot maker. And, and he's one of the guys that I think when you watch these high school kids, like his game was made for the NBA. Like mm-hmm. I, I think that he could have made more money going to college, which is something that sounds insane to say out loud, <laughs> right? Like, you know, with the, the name image likeness, but um, the G league game fits his style and the way mm-hmm. that he plays. Mm-hmm. Another yep. thing, I, I, uh, another yeah. thing I like about his shooting, he can, he doesn't have to dominate the ball. Hmm. He does dominate the ball at high school and AAU, but if he gets put on a team with, a point guard high level you know initiator from whatever position like he is a deadly deadly off ball floor spacer and he could hit the shot off movement he can come off dhos or he could spot up in the corner and 
I think that when you're looking at this kind of, you know, scoring guard, you don't want him to just have to dominate the ball and have this high usage. The fact that he's going to easily fit alongside anybody in any lineup, that's another reason why I'm so high on him. Hmm. Hmm. Dude, I, I freaking agree with everything that you just said. I, I wanted to touch on the Jalen Green thing really quickly. Um, I, I think the biggest difference between the two, Corey, is that when Jalen Green was going into the G League, his headline trait was the athleticism. For mm-hmm. Jalen, for Jalen Hardy, his so for Jaden Hardy, his his headline trait is actually going to be the shooting. And I think that's yes. that's the biggest difference there, which is why I really agree with what you said, because and we'll get into the handle later and the separation stuff, because all of that is in his bag as well. But I think the biggest difference between the two, as you mentioned, is that Hardy is coming in as a better shooter. And that's actually his headline trait, you know. And so I really agree with that. And in terms of the, the catch and shoot stuff, dude, like I think about like three to four games in, it got to the point where like anytime he was shooting off the catch, I would be absolutely shocked if it didn't go in. And like, you know, we have shooters like that in the league as we watch, you know, as people watch a lot of basketball, you're going to find shooters where when they're wide, when they're wide open and they, they take a shot, you expect it to go in. That's kind of where I was with Hardy after a couple games. I was like, if there was ever opportunity where he was catching and shooting, I was like, oh, that's going in. You know, almost like a like a Tom Brady dime or whatever. Like you just expect it to be perfect and expect it to be good. And that's kind of the point that I got to with Hardy in terms of, you know, his his catch and shoot ability. And that's really scary to think about on the next level and the level after that. Yeah. And um, like Zach Levine for the Bulls for me is like that. Like he does so much on the ball. And uh, that's why it's so, you know, intriguing that the Bulls off season moves, you know, we brought in uh, Lonzo brought in DeMar DeRozan, other guys that can give Zach some time off the ball because anytime Zach was in one of the corners, I felt like he had to shoot like 97% from there. Mm-hmm. Whereas like having to do so much work on ball, it takes a lot out of you as a player. A lot of times mm-hmm. uh, having to create every single possession that's rough. But if you can, you know, get a little bit of movement and do your work off the ball, uh, maybe take a little bit of uh, JJ Redick to your game, which, you know, just wanted to shout JJ Redick out um, mm-hmm. due to his retirement. I, you know, speaking quickly, I remember JJ was one of the, the first like uh, high school players that I truly appreciated. I saw him um, at the McDonald's all American game in New York. Uh, my, my AAU coach, um, my travel coach, he, he was coach. He coached Amityville High School at the time, and and they had um, a McDonald's All American named Jason Frazier who went to Villanova with that class. Um, and uh, I remember sitting next to JJ Reddick's parents um, at Christ the King, and uh, I was like, "Wow, that's who I want to play like." And what's crazy is he's only a couple of years young, older than me, and like, but it felt like such a ridiculous age gap when you're in high school. Um, but yeah. King king of off ball movement and uh I think Hardy, you know, he can he can put that in his bag. And uh and and you talked about the, the space creation on the ball. It's not like he's just a shooter. He's got the handle. Oh yeah. And the combo moves, right? Uh mm-hmm. like what did you like about his handle? No, I mean I like it's it, it wasn't we're not talking about, you know, prime Rafer Alston Alston skip to my loose stuff. We're not talking about hot sauce here. We're talking about a really effective and practical handle. 
Like it, it just, you know, I, it, I never felt like I was watching an one mixtape, but I love that he was able to use his handle and the combo moves that you talked about to get open. And beyond that too, like we spent last year evaluating so many prospects and talking about, you know, Cam Thomas and his whole step back stuff. And Hardy's got a sick step back. He creates a ton of separation when he does go to the step back. Now he doesn't spam it like Cam Thomas did or some other guys did, but <laughs> when he does use it, maybe because he doesn't spam it so much, it's really freaking effective. And then we're talking about him. <laughs> we're talking about him pulling off step backs from 30 plus feet. It's freaking insane. We're step back, sidesteps, whatever. Like it's unbelievable. So the biggest thing that I liked about his hand, I also like the fact that he gets down low. Um, it didn't mm. fit like there weren't a lot of moments where I thought he was getting like lazy with the handle. Like I felt like when he had the ball in his hands and he was trying to make a move, like he was really going to commit to it. Um, I didn't get a lot of laziness from that. Now there were hints of laziness in other parts of his games that uh, his game that we'll get to. But in terms of the handle, I thought he got low. I thought he created a lot of separation. I thought he wasn't trying to do too much. Now, of course, sometimes he did, but overall it, it was a really effective handle that I enjoyed a lot. And I love the pace that he plays. Oh with. yeah. You know, yes. like with, there's a lot of hesitations. There's a lot of, and when he throws a hezzy at you, mm-hmm. you think he's shooting it. So it's <laughs> going to be devastating. Cause as soon as he gets that upward motion, you have to contest it. Cause he could literally pull it from anywhere. But like you said, he'll, he, he'll come up high with the hezzy and then come back down low with a cross between the legs. I mean, he's got the behind the back. It seems like his wingspan is, is going to, measure out yes. to be pretty impressive uh mm-hmm. i couldn't find it anywhere but it uh, just watching him uh it seems like he's got a long wingspan and that obviously helps with the ball handling um you know he doesn't have like an elite first step with it right you know he doesn't have that first step burst quickness like davion mitchell did but he does play with enough pace and that threat of the shot it just opens everything up as as a driver and um I think that he had some really nice attacks to the rim. I, I do, you know, some of the shots that he settles for where mm-hmm. he's pulling up, I do wish he would attack. Yes. But, uh, and if he finds that right balance next year, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's going to be scary. Right. Because that's what is going to prop him up as mm-hmm. a, hey, this dude's going to score 32 points per game in the NBA. Like him. Right finding a way to get to the free throw line seven, eight times a game. If he could do that. And I think he's capable of it. That's mm-hmm. what's going to make him the okay elite of the elite scorers. Right. But mm-hmm. I thought that he, he had nice attacks to the rim, especially with his right hand. When, when he okay. was able to get downhill to the right side, um, I thought that he was really crafty there. He was able to, he's strong. Uh, I think he's able to take contact. His shoulders are broad. I think he's his body is going to really like, I think he's going to be a strong dude as he gets in that NBA weight training program. Mm-hmm. Um, going to his left, it's not I, like going left is not the problem. I think mm-hmm. he's a, the, the one spot on offense that there's like a little bit of rigidity to is when he f- has to finish with his left hand. There's a mm-hmm. lot of times he gets a little sloppy, a little out of control. Um, and just kind of throws it up towards the hoop a little bit. So mm-hmm. uh, there's still a, when sometimes he's able to get to his right hand on that left side and he's hitting guys with pump fakes and, you know, using his body to move guys. But when it's just like kind of a downhill drive one-on-one or he's trying to beat somebody to the rim, it's a little awkward. I don't know. Is it, am, am I crazy? Am, no. Did I did right? 
No, no. So, Corey, in my notes, I, it's crazy that you just transitioned into that because I actually wanted to ask you about it because when I was watching him play, I, I agree. I, like, I felt like he settled too much. I literally wrote, I don't know what to think about his driving. Uh, feels like he settles too much for his jump shots, you know, for the long jump shots. And I was wondering yeah. what I was thinking about. Like, is that just like a high school thing for him right now? Like as he's playing for Air NATO or he's playing for yeah. Coronado or he's playing for whoever. Like, is it just a thing where like he's kind of just falling in love with the long jumper? But as he gets to the G League, maybe, will he take it to the rim a little bit better or a little bit more often and be more willing? Because I think what you said about his physique is 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 right on because I think there's a weird thing about him where he has such a long wingspan where his hands are pretty much touching his knees. But at the same time, he's also kind of compact, like his upper body. It's it, there's got some, there, there's definitely some like, okay, here's another joke. Like there's some girth to him. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. you know, he can, <laughs> he can, he can take the co contact. He takes it well. And so like, you know, considering all that, it's kind of like, Hey, you have all the pieces to be more aggressive going to the rim. He's not a freak athlete, but he is athletic. You know, and as you mentioned, like, I like some of the herky jerky stuff that he was doing. I like the hesitation stuff. So if you start to put all those pieces together and then with the threat of his like pretty much elite level jump shot for his age, he should be getting to the basket more. He should be drawing more fouls. So that was something I was going to ask you because I felt like, you know, it feels like more of just a high school thing, like situational. And once he gets to the next level, that'll change. Yeah, I guess time will tell. Right. But I, I. I mean, I have him number one. You have him number one. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that we both believe that it's more of a, like, I could just pull up whenever, and it's not going to matter. Yeah. Like, I don't need to get to the rim anytime. Uh, mm -hmm. But he's going to, you know, he's going to have to fix the shot diet. Right. You, you can't, a lot of those long jumpers turn into empty calories, right? And they feel yeah. good in the moment that those, when, when I was coming home, from uh the show the other night and it was me and and two of the guys in the band we it was 2 30 in the morning and we were like let's get some food and those there's a pizza place uh right by my apartment that is open till four in the morning and we were like let's get some pizza and, and i had two cold cheese slices um and in the moment you're like this is amazing <laughs> and but then you feel terrible about it afterwards because you knew it was the wrong decision. You shouldn't have had two slices. If you're, you could have just settled for one. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's sometimes what these shots are for him. Like, yeah, he could, the, if it goes in, it's going to be delicious. It's going to look beautiful. It's going to feel mm -hmm. good. But sometimes just pass up on it. You don't need that mm -hmm. extra shot. Go, go to the rim you know, use that ability to get into the paint based off how far the defense has to cover you and, right. and collapse the defense, move it, make the defense work. Don't let them rest by jacking up long jumpers, get into the teeth mm -hmm. of the defense and either get downhill so you can get fouled or, or score near the hoop or, and this is probably a good time to transition into his playmaking. Yeah. Now, um, I was a little surprised when mm -hmm. I was looking for his stats that uh, he had averaged 8.4 assists a game. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think about Hardy as a playmaker? So, okay, I, I was, dude, you're killing the transitions today. Get, we our, our listeners need to give you some props. You're absolutely killing the transitions <laughs> today. Um, for me, I really liked his passing because um, 
at like okay even like last year you and i were big cam thomas guys i freaking loved cam thomas yeah i hated that everyone was like oh, he doesn't pass he doesn't pass and it's like yeah like, you're right like he doesn't pass but also we have to look <laughs> at circumstance you know like it wasn't all his fault and for hardy though like the biggest thing that i got from hardy was like i thought he did a great job of using his gravity to set up his teammates there were a lot of games, whether it was AAU or club basketball or whatever. And also, we should mention, Corey, why are there like 9,000 different high, high school leagues? I have no idea what the hell I'm watching sometimes. But anyway, um, there were a couple of times where w- one thing I really did enjoy was he'd be going against a team that, you know, maybe the talent level wasn't exactly at his level or the team's level. And all eyes would be on him. And there were a couple of times that I saw him kind of get into the lane, you know, the big gravitates to him. Everyone's kind of eyes on him gravitating towards towards him. And you throw up a real throw up like a really savvy lob or a really savvy pass to the corner or the weak side corner. And I was like, you know what? This is good stuff. Like this is actually high level, well, maybe not high level, but good passing and stuff that is encouraging. You know, like the, what I wrote in my notes is he was not by any means special, but also he wasn't a black hole. And that was encouraging for me because we're talking about, about a guy who is trending towards being like an elite level type of scorer. And if he's got some playmaking to him and he's got the vision and he's got the instincts and he's got the savvy to know how to use his gravity like that, then we're talking about him going up another level as a playmaker and a scorer as well. So I, I really, I was actually pleasantly surprised by the passing. Okay. So I'm going to, push back a little with the black hole stuff. Cause I thought sometimes he was a little black holy. Right. Right. But I also want to say, I think that he has excellent passing chops. It's just, when is he going to decide to do it? Because I thought that he was a score first score, second pass third kind of guy when he did make pay, uh, passes when, when he was looking to do that or when he had to, I was wildly impressed by the touch the the range in which he could fire off like a bullet and still hit his man mm-hmm. um and just kind of the natural feel in like where to place the ball you know how to lead the man to the spot like i thought his touch and his his just feel for the game in that regard was really excellent it's just there were a lot of times where i was just like man like come off this screen and everyone's focused on you like just get rid of it early now as a high school coach myself you know we had a kid a couple years ago uh shout out colin kasara who broke the school scoring record and a lot of the offense was like yo go get us a bucket Mm. like they can't they can't stop you go get us a bucket and as a young player, I know that it's a hard line that when you're hearing that from like the coaching staff, and I'm sure he is because we're talking about an, you know, top three NBA level prospect versus, you know, a kid uh, in a regular league on Long Island. Mm-hmm. It's hard to like find that middle ground of like, all right, I'm supposed to score. I'm supposed to pull up versus like some of the times I need to use that to get my teammates involved. It's a hard balance because he's not a guy like he's not a point guard, you know, like he's a shooting guard. That's he's a traditional shooting guard in my eyes. And um, I, I I think that one of the things I'm going to watch for next year really carefully is how he's used as a playmaker 
and if he can make some of these NBA level reads with NBA level talent, because that's going to be the separator. Can he play alongside NBA level talent as, as a passer? He certainly has the talent to do it. Mm -hmm. He certainly has the ability to do it. Is he going to have the want? Like if he came out and averaged like four assists a game in the G league or, you know, extrapolate that, you know, minutes based anywhere around that, I would think that was like a, a big time win. And I think he's right. capable of it. So that's what I want to see. Cause sometimes like I thought the decision-making, like he'd get a little too dribbly. He'd miss like basic reads because he wasn't looking to pass. And I think sometimes he needs to look to pass, but when he does it, he's great. He's great at it. And that's, I think where those assist numbers come from at the high school level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. I think I think it was just a matter of like I thought that there were moments maybe from the games that I watched. I felt like he did do a good job of using that gravity. Um, and 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 I think that's why I kind of prefaced everything by bringing up the whole Cam Thomas thing because yeah, you're right. Like there there are clear moments where he was definitely hunting his shot above everything else and hunting, you know, trying to figure out something for himself rather than his teammates. But I think he, for me personally, I thought he showed enough glimpses where I'm still a little bit more optimistic about him, especially as you mentioned uh, with like better talent around him next year. So yeah, I I think overall, I I definitely agree with what you're saying. Um, I just think that, yeah, there's, there's more there than meets the eye. I think. Yeah, I agree. And I'm, uh, again, if I thought that he was going to be a complete black hole, I probably wouldn't have him at number one. Right. Maybe maybe his maybe I'd be so enamored with the shooting as I am that I, I still would. Um, but I don't think it's as big of a problem area as, you know, some of the other prospects and, and their problem areas. Um, is there anything else you think we missed offensively? Um, just going through this right now. No, I don't think so. I think we pretty much covered on it. Oh, the one thing. Okay, this I did want to say. Um, offensively, I actually kind of liked his body language. Like, I thought his body language was decent because there were a couple of games where he was playing on teams where the talent wasn't as great and he was, like, begging for the ball and they wouldn't give it to him, but he didn't pout about it. Like, you know, we mm. see that sometimes in high school basketball where a guy's, like, begging for the ball, he doesn't get it, and he just pouts, and he's, like, checked out for the rest of the possession. Yeah. I didn't see too much of that from Hardy, and that actually made me really excited. And I was like, oh, I like that he's not pouting that because he could be. Like, he could be a total high school diva and be like, give me the damn ball every single time. But I actually thought his... Um, body language was a little underrated and I was pretty, well, not that anyone's rated it yet, but you know what I mean? Like, I was like, Oh, this is like a good thing. And I was kind of happy yeah. with that. You're, you're putting your flag down in the Jaden Hardy <laughs> body language camp. Garbage yeah. time. Gim was here first. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I mean, I, look, I have no idea. I don't, I haven't talked to anybody yet about like his background information. Is he a good kid or anything like that? But you know, reading the the Gatorade Player of the Year press release, um, it mentioned his like excellent moral character and that right. he volunteered his time uh, helping uh, with suicide prevention mm. at like a clinic or something, um, and he volunteered uh, elsewhere working. I, I forgot what what it was, but it was like another good cause, mm-hmm. and um, like that stuff's awesome. You know, yeah. and and that's that's good to know. And yeah, you, if if you're a good teammate 
and you're as, as talented and you're just like a good person who has like a good head on his shoulder is like sky's mm-hmm. the limit there. Uh, okay. Defensively. Okay. Uh, talk to me. Talk to me on ball, <laughs> man, man to man defense oh, for uh, Mr. Hardy. So, I mean, I, I, I imagine the tune of our voices and everything's about to change a little bit here um, because the first thing that I wrote is, is defense optional? Um, <laughs> and I was like, is this like a high school thing? Is this a Hardy thing? I'm not sure. I saw, I, 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 I kind of gave up counting how many positions I saw him kind of like float a little bit. Uh, I saw, t- I, there were a lot of possessions where he would do the poke and the poke around and then yeah, it's his just kind move. of float and lose, you know, lose himself a little bit. I did not enjoy that. Uh, some of the on ball stuff too. I did. I, I said, you know, he gets low with his, with his handle. Sometimes I didn't like how he wasn't getting very low in his stance uh, for a lot of possessions. Um, the one thing I did like was the length. Uh, I thought he, um, you know, his length, his length popped at times, but overall, Corey, like my first initial answer to him defensively is a huge incomplete because uh, there was a lot of floating. There there was. And he loved the poke away thing. And that's like the ultimate uh, float move. Yep. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like, you know who does that? Like old guys like me. <laughs> like, you know, like I'm just going to try to like I can I stay with this guy? Probably. But. I'm just going to try to anticipate and poke from behind. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. When it does work, great. Lay up the other way. When it doesn't work, yeah, you're kind of fucked because now <laughs> the guy's downhill and you're behind him. Uh, and that, that it was certainly a mixed bag, much more negative on that than positive. When he is deep in his stance, he is a very good lateral mover and he's yeah. very long. So like, and he's, he's strong. So Incomplete is a good way to put it because if we were judging it strictly based on the high school AAU tape, I would say I would give it a, a, a a D, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Um, But uh, is it optional? Like that's the Mm -hmm. way it looked. You said it. uh, That's, that's the way it felt. Sometimes he just, he has all the tools to be a solid defender. It's just like, Hey man, are you gonna actually want to sit and grind here? Because if mm-hmm. you do that, then like you c- you have the goods. It's a little An- Anthony Edwardsy, mm-hmm. you know. Like there were possessions where at Georgia where Anthony Edwards just straight oh, up yeah. clamped people, just like mm-hmm. not fair. Like he's bigger than you, he's stronger than you, he's faster than you, mm-hmm. and you can do nothing because this man is put giving his all in this possession. And then there were possessions where we were like, Hey man, are you on the floor even? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. um. And Hardy Simmons was like that too. Yeah. Well, (laughs) look, the Simmons stuff is interesting, man, because (laughs) one of the big knocks on him pre-draft was like the attitude, the effort. And it looked like for a while that that stuff was completely overblown, right? Mm -hmm. Because he's turned himself into this phenomenal defender and he truly is. He's a fantastic player, even given his faults. He's just such a fucking diva. Yeah. And it's like he sucks. Get over yourself. And he sucks. And that like that's why, you know, talking about character Mm -hmm. in the pre-draft process sometimes is very important because now there's this big problem in in Philadelphia where they've got this guy under contract for a long time. And he's saying, I'm not coming to training camp. Yeah. 
trade me. Yeah. I won't be here. I'm never playing again. Like, <sighs> like if Daryl Morey was just like, no, we're not trading you. You will play again. It'll either be for the Sixers or it'll be on a new NBA team in 2027. Pick one. Like he's going to play. I I'm sure Maury's going to, you know, trade him for, for whatever package. And that's going to be really, really interesting because it's probably going to be like, if it's for the Kings package, we we're going to have to talk about that because it's probably going to involve some young prospects and you know, that'll be an interesting discourse, but the character stuff's important. And and Simmons, (sighs) Simmons, it it all came back to roost, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dude. Okay. Really quickly, Corey. Simmons for me is like the type of guy like like we've for everyone listening I'm sure you guys go out to dinner with your friends and hopefully you don't have this type of friend in your friend group but like it's that one guy like you go to eat dinner and then you're having a good time everyone's like you know enjoying the food good conversation and then like someone says something to like a guy and it's like oh you know like is is that sweater from JC Penny it's like no like what the hell like the sweater is from like Gucci. Like, how can you say that to me? <laughs> and then like, we all have plans to go to dessert. And then right when we leave the restaurant about to go to res- dessert, he's like, you know what guys? Like, I think I'm just going to go home. So like, what the, f-? like, dude, like w- what's wrong with you? Like, did it hurt your feelings that bad that you want to go home? And then it gets awkward for the whole group. That's Ben Simmons. Like Ben Simmons is not a fun hang. Like he's the exact type of guy that like, you don't ever want to be friends with. And I'm so sick of it, dude. Like even reading that freaking Woj tweet today, I was like, I'm just out on him. Like, don't, don't talk to me about Ben Simmons ever again. Like I, I just, I'm totally out on him. Like I love him as a defender. I loved him as a player. I, it was really unfortunate what happened in the playoffs. And that, that is like a him thing, but dude, this guy sucks. His personality is trash. I'm totally out. Yeah. If I was a player, I would be very like, do I want to play with this dude? Or if, and if I, if I was a front office, like, can I trust this? If you're a player, you're like, can I trust this guy? to like not shrivel up in the playoffs. Like that's absolutely conversation that's having it happening. I'm sure between NBA players. And then if you're a front office, like how much am I willing to give up for this guy? Because talent wise, it's a no brainer for a lot of these teams. And if you can get him for an appropriate value, that's obviously something every NBA team should consider. But like, what is that value? Because this dude is threatening to not play another game. For a team he's under contract for, like they owe him $140 million. Now I bet he would be much less willing to like sit out if his contract didn't allow him to get half of his earnings um, before the NBA season started this year. (laughs) You know, like he, there's no consequence to him, I guess, sitting out a lot of these for these first games. Um, He's still getting, you know, 16 million or whatever the hell it is. But Man, if you're an NBA front office, you got to be careful trading for this guy because if you're giving up really valuable pieces, then uh, it, it's a risk. That that's it's a it's a major risk reward. But uh, we talked about the outstanding moral fiber of of Jaden Hardy, so uh, hopefully he doesn't find himself in that predicament. And also, he's he's uh, probably not going to be afraid to shoot the basketball given what we just talked about for 40 minutes with him. Um, off the ball another mixed bag it's i saw him make some you know plays in the passing lanes that that were you know pretty nice and then i saw him just not be in the right spots and off the ball defense is something that even young players in the nba struggle with it's uh every level it gets harder the speed gets faster and i think the you know it's just a wait and see approach with that um you know watching these high school tapes 
it's a lot of a lot of the nuanced stuff. It's hard to take away from that a lot of times because mm-hmm. everybody's so discombobulated, and it's like if on the the off ball team defense side of it. Like even if he's in the right spot, somebody else maybe isn't in the right spot. So then he's got to rotate over to help. And it's like, what is going on? You're, you're just in a whirlwind. So I'll, I'll give his defense an incomplete. Um, But I did think that it's fair to break down his offensive game. I think that you can take away all the things that we took away from his offensive game, watching it. So if you want to watch like some Hardy tape, um, and, and I'll have the, uh, scouting breakdown on my YouTube channel, uh, pretty, pretty soon, hopefully, uh, either late this week or early next week. If you want to do that, then, um, and wait, then that's great. You'll get a little condensed version, uh, and visual, but there, there are games available to watch on, on YouTube. If you want to go out and, and watch and play a full game, um, it's time, Albert. Okay. We really need a sponsor for this segment. We do. So like, um, Uniball or <laughs> Yeah, sure. Bick Uniball. or something. <laughs> Anybody if if there's a listener and you got a business um and you want to sponsor the sell me this pen segment, hit your boys up. Yeah. Let's talk. <laughs> we could talk, but money talks, so talk more bucks. Um right. Albert, sell me this pen on Jaden Hardy. Sell me this pen brought to you by Office Depot. Sounds about right, you know? So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Corey. Uh, okay, sell you this pen. Um, I think the best way to think about Jaden Hardy is that he can, like, if, if you're a team that's looking for an alpha, a team that's looking for a number one option, a guy you can run your complete offense through, a guy who has some passing chops, if you're kind of, like, interested in guys that are like that, um, also, if you're into, interested in guys who are like 6'4", good athleticism, long wingspan, has, you know, decent defensive upside as well, I mean, you should take Jaden Hardy. It's as simple as that. And if you are not into those things, maybe you shouldn't be uh, looking into prospects because Jaden Hardy essentially has everything. Well, sorry, not everything, but most of the things that you're looking for in terms of a potential superstar. So if you like superstars and you like adding those types of players to your team, you should grab a Jaden Hardy. If you're buying stock in Jaden Hardy, who may you have bought stock in previously? This was hard, dude. Like, I read a lot of people, whether it was on YouTube or, like, wherever, throwing the Bradley Beal stuff around. Yeah. Um, I read some Trey Young stuff, which, I don't know. I didn't really get that vibe too much. Um, You know, I don't hate the Bradley Beal one. Like, you know, Bradley Beal's body definitely developed in the in the league. Uh, Bradley Beal, like Jaden Hardy, is kind of more of like a traditional beautiful shooter rather than like, as you mentioned, like the one motion shooter. Um, you know, similar heights too, right? I'm pretty sure Beal's like a 6'4", too. Hardy's like I a 6'4". I think Hardy might be bigger. Oh, yeah? Okay, even better then. So, I look, I, I, I don't want to say Bradley Beal, but I at the same time, like, I think that's out there for a reason because there is some Beal to him. So, I'll throw that out there. And, you know, I really couldn't think of anybody else. Um, I just really enjoyed his game a lot, and I really enjoy Bradley Beal's game. So, yeah, I don't hate that comparison. There are definitely some Bradley Beal comps. I think that's going to be the most popular comp throughout the entire draft process. Cause while I do think Jaden Hardy's a little bit bigger, it's only a little, yeah. uh, you know? So I, I think that it's fair here is my comp 
maybe a little out of left field, but I'm doing, you know, Khalid uh, uh, I'm doing, <laughs> I, we talk about him so much on this podcast. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing a little, uh, I'm in the lab, I'm in the chemistry lab. I'm a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I kind of think that he played a little bit like Jason Tatum meets Damian Lillard. Oh, there's like that Jason Tatum smoothness to him in the way that he gets to his shots with the step backs, the side steps, the all the 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 space creation. Um, I think he's got like similarly broad shoulders and like length. He's just shorter, mm-hmm. but then he also has Dame's range, so mm-hmm. he's able to add this element that Tatum doesn't quite have. Like Tatum's turned himself into a, a, a shooter at distance for sure compared to what we thought about him uh, at Duke, but he does, he doesn't have the, the deep range yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but similarly, like Simmons wasn't necessarily known as a creator. Everybody wants him to go to the basket more because he's a guy that settles for a lot of off the bounce shots. Mm-hmm. So I kind of think he plays a lot like Jason Tatum. He just has mm-hmm. the range of a Damian Lillard. Dude, that's that's actually really good. And as you were talking, it reminded me of one more player. And I want to throw him out there because he's one of my favorite players ever. And maybe that's why I'm so in love with Hardy right now. Uh, he get, Now, when this guy came into the league, he came in as a second rounder, came in more as a defensive guy and developed his game more and more. Not that he didn't have the offensive arsenal at Arizona, but he kind of grew more into it in the league. And at this point, I'm sure you know who I'm talking about, Corey. Um, I, I'm getting a little bit of Gilbert vibes because mm. for Gilbert Arenas, like I loved Gilbert going to the basket more because mm-hmm. Gilbert was so freaking strong. It was like unbelievable how strong that guy was. But my thing with Hardy is that I think Hardy has that similar compactness where he could become a Gilbert-like finisher um, as he continues to blossom into his body. And then you talk about limitless range. You talk about the compact handle, getting to his spots, like the space creation. I've got a little bit of Gilbert uh, in my book for him. Gilbert, is he was so fucking good. He was my favorite. I love that dude. I... I like him so much that I say that I like him, even though he hit a game winning playoff shot over Kirk Heinrich, (laughs) my all time favorite basketball player. (laughs) And I still love watching Gilbert arenas. That dude was so much fun. And his game today, Mm -hmm. he would just be, he would, I mean the way he, he could score back in the day and at range like now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. I like that comp a lot too. Um, do you think there's any volatility to to Hardy? Um, so the only volatility with Hardy for me is is he gonna be an all NBA guy or like a multiple, multiple time all-star guy, if you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering if he'll eventually become like a first team all NBA guy or a guy who makes a lot of all-star teams and like flirts with like third team all NBA, second team all NBA. Like I'm I'm kind of that high on him. Now, of course, like there's so many different things that can, you know, throw a wrench into all this. And I think defense is part of that, playmaking is part of that, but I, I just think like you get him to the next level and he continues to develop like this guy. It's almost impossible for him to not be good. So I, he's not a super volatile guy for me at all. Yeah. I think he's incredibly safe. Taking him almost anywhere is like in the top 
the five, you know, we'll, let's we'll we'll wait it out before we make any hardcore firm declarations. But I right. think that he's going to be a guy that I just can't see him dropping out of this this first tier group. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see it for some of the other guys that are you know in like ESPN's top ten pre pre rankings, but for I think Hardy is just too special of a talent, and uh, I, I don't think there's any volatility, and I think he's just going to be there the, the whole time. I'm pumping his stock. Uh, I'm buying it hard. You have him number one. I know you're pumping the stock. Yep. We're big time Jaden Hardy fans over here. Cannot wait <sighs> to see him play basketballs. It's going to be, it's going to happen soon. The seasons yep. are, are nearing every day. We're one day closer. It's, uh, it's officially fall. I mean, it's feeling like basketball season, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're getting close, Corey, man. Like training camp's right around the corner. The season's like less than a month away. I, it almost feels surreal that we're here. Like it feels like yesterday that the season ended and like yesterday that we just did summer school and all that stuff. Like it's crazy that we're here, but I'm pumped. And Corey, as you hinted at before, we have some exciting stuff coming down the pipe. So maybe you can talk about that, but I, I'm ready. I, I'm here for it and I, I'm excited, dude. Yeah, I mean, you know, we everybody's been hinting at it. We're we're forming a super group. We you know, we don't have officially have a name, but I think we're trending yeah. towards one. Um we've had some Zoom meetings. We're going you're going to get a lot of draft content this year, a, a lot of audio format, a lot of video, a lot of writing, um and a lot of collaboration between some really talented draft evaluators. We're going to have fun with it. Uh we're we're not going to try to be all pretentious about it. We're just going to have fun and and cover the draft, I think, in a way that nobody's covering it currently. So it's going to be a really exciting draft season. I think that we really did a a great job last last season of covering the draft. And uh, I think that this one's going to be even better. So it's going to be fun. Albert, tell tell everybody where they can now officially find you on the (sighs) internets. Uh, you could find me at uh, GTG NBA, uh, which is my new handle. Garbage Time Gim is my new persona. I'm the same dude. They just gave me a new name uh, is where I'm at. And we're excited, dude. We're, I mean, as Corey just mentioned, there's a lot coming down the pipe. And there's a lot that we want to bring to you guys. And we it, there's a lot we want to share with you guys. And, of course, like, you know, most of the most or if not all of it is going to be free. And, um, you know, we're we're. We're trying to be about the people and we're so thankful for all of our listeners who've been riding with us since day one. And so we're, we're excited to give you guys premium content and we're working hard to pump that all out there. So come find me at GTG NBA and um, let's get the ball rolling. Yes, sir. Um, you can find me at the hardwood mag and uh, make sure to check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. Um, I've already covered Boncaro and Chet Holmgren in uh, scouting videos and the Jaden Hardy film and is all cut up. Uh, the script is almost done. So that one's going to be done soon. Trying to bang out, you know, a, a few more of these preseason scouting videos before the actual season starts and um, make sure you like, and you subscribe to the draft act podcast, uh, leave a, a five-star rating, leave a comment. That'd be dope. Mm. Uh, we, we want to hear what you like, what you don't like. And, uh, Albert, your the, the draft act merch is on its way to you. Oof. Um, I, I got, I got it in and, um, you know, waiting on a few other things, little photos, 
here and oh, there, wow. and then then I'm I'm putting up some merch for the hardwood, and and there's going to be a, a draft deck uh, merch design on there. So be on the lookout. Be on the lookout. Head to the Twitter. That's where all the links happen. Yep. That's where the good stuff happens. Thank you so much for rocking with us, and uh, we're gonna be back next oh, yeah. week with another prospect. I feel like maybe. We should talk about Chet because Albert mm. subtly mentioned how <laughs> Chet's fallen off for him a little bit. So I think that's that's where we're going. And uh, I cannot wait to talk about it. So uh, until that time, y'all, we out. Thank you for rocking with us. Peace. Peace.